Welcome back. We're here talking this afternoon with Dr. Mike McBride on uh, coping mechanisms uh, for the, the forced isolation for the coronavirus. We, in our first podcast, we looked at why the crisis is causing so much distress. Uh, in our second one, we looked at uh, the various conditions and the reactions caused by the pandemic. And in this section, we're going to turn the corner and we're going to ask uh, Dr. Mike to talk to us about some practical steps that we can take to cope with the pandemic and the social, social isolation. So Mike, welcome back. And uh, jump right in here. This is the part that people are wanting to know. What can I do to make it better in my sphere of influence? Yeah, I think that's really where the rubber meets the road for all of us. Given what we're dealing with, uh, with respect to the pandemic and social isolation, what can we do to maintain our sanity? What can we do to uh, maintain focus? How do we prevent ourselves psychologically from being sucked up by this thing over which we feel no control? Uh, so I have a number of uh, number of suggestions. I think some of them are rooted in in uh, good medical psychology. Uh, a lot of them are just rooted in a lot of common sense, the kind of common sense you would want to use in any kind of a, a crisis, but particularly if you're feeling isolated as the result of this pandemic. Um, in no particular order of importance, I'd like to start with exercise. Uh, it's probably the most effective way for us to reduce our stress. I talked earlier about the uh, fight or flight response and how the body is set up to release stress hormones, epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, um, in order to allow our body to release blood sugar, to have energy, and to deal with whatever the crisis is, something we're running away from, something we have to defend ourselves against. Um, but if you're in that state of stress and there is no stress that's threatening your life, um, then we're in a category where most people fall today. What happens when we're just kind of stressed all the time? Mm -hmm. Well, exercise is the way in which we actually burn up those stress hormones. When we exercise, we're doing the very thing we would do if we were fighting or fleeing. So you have to exercise. Now, I, I realize that all of the fitness clubs are closed, and uh, nobody can go in and get on a machine. And it's spring in Washington, so we're getting more than our share of rain right we're, now. Absolutely, we are getting, getting a lot of rain. Um, unfortunately, during the few nice days that we had, uh, one of my friends has a son that works for the Washington State Ferries, and he said that hardly any people were traveling on the ferry until the nice weekend when the sun was out and he said the ferry was full, like it would be in the middle of July, with all the people from Seattle coming out with their trailers and their RVs and their camping equipment. Um, and it's like people out here are saying, no, no, go back. <laughs> you know, so, so we do they, have to They be let them out of their car, did they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we, we can't get into clubs because they're all closed. Um, and many of us don't have exercise equipment at home that we can use, or weight stations, or treadmills, or uh, ellipticals. Um, but we don't need to do all of that in order to achieve what we need to achieve, and that is movement, increasing blood flow, getting oxygen to our, our lungs. And um, you know, among other things, that improves our mood. Uh, it has the release of uh, 
uh, endorphins, natural opiates that rele re are released to reduce pain and that um, help our moods improve. So exercise is always a good thing, but particularly during a pandemic, with people in their homes most of the day, how many steps are they getting you know, in a day from the refrigerator to the TV to the refrigerator to the TV, hopefully to the garden and back to the kitchen? Um, people are not getting much steps, many steps, and they're not getting much exercise. So all you really need to do is to get out and walk briskly. Just because we have a stay-at-home order doesn't mean we can't get out and walk. And Mike, how, uh, if I go out and walk uh, briskly, uh, for how many minutes do I have to do that to get any good, uh, to, to benefit myself? Well, to get benefit, <clears throat> um, and it depends on who you read, but to get benefit, you can walk briskly, and if you can do that for a half hour uh, a day, and do that you know, five days a week, four or five days a week, that's adequate. Some recent research has uh, uh, shown that if you get three 10-minute episodes of walking briskly, they don't even have to be constant. It doesn't have to be a solid half hour of exercise. You can break it up. Mm. Now, I realize there are some people that are listening that run, you know, and if you can get out and you want to run a mile, five miles, 10 miles, go for it. That's great. But if you happen to be 85 and you don't exercise very much, it does not mean that you won't benefit just to get out of your house and to walk, walk down the street. Can I ask one other question here that might benefit some of our people mm -hmm. who feel like they have to remain inside? They're very frightened of the virus. Um, I have a one person in mind I'm thinking of, but normally rides a bike normally. Is, is it okay for this person to go out and ride their bike? Absolutely. Good. I was listening to an interview of a uh, surgeon who is working out of a New York City hospital, and he said, uh, people don't need to be afraid of this virus. Well, that's easy to say. But he said, you really don't, because the only way you can get this virus um, is if you have the virus on your hands, and if you're touching your face, or if it gets in your eyes or your nose or, or your mouth, um, when you keep adequate social distancing, and you're not, uh, you're not touching your face and you're washing your hands a lot, you're good. And if you're outside walking in fresh air and you still have some social distancing, you know, very minimal risk good. Uh, from everything I've heard and read. Good. Thank you. A second uh, strategy, and it's related to the first, is out-of-door time. Uh, we are in the spring, and we are in our daylight savings time period of the year now but still people are spending more time indoors. Mm -hmm. We need the light during the day to reset our biological clocks. Um, the whole mechanism of melatonin, when it's released from the pineal gland in the brain and when it's building up during the day, that helps with our circadian cycle and our awake period and our sleep period. Many people don't get out enough, uh, particularly in the winter when it's dark, uh, to get that kind of exposure. We have about um, you know, in, in the summer, we might be getting uh, 100,000 lumens of light when we're outside uh, in the sunshine. However, in the winter, on a gray, rainy day, and we're outside, you're still going to get 50 to 60,000. Um, so that's significant, but we don't like to go out. Put your jacket on if you need to, to put on some, uh, some rubber boots, if you need to put on a hat, you know, do it. You're not going to melt. But go you out. 
Go you, out. You have to get outside and you have to be moving. Mm. Also, when we're outside, our skin is exposed to ultraviolet B rays and uh, our skin is able then to manufacture vitamin D. Vitamin D is uh, deficient in many people in these latitudes, insufficient in many others, and most people have never had a 25-hydroxy vitamin D test to find out. However, uh, right now, we need to be outside getting exposure to sun rather than simply staying in the house. Vitamin D is not a vitamin, it's actually a hormone, and it interacts with over 200 uh, genes in the human genome and helps in the prevention of a lot of diseases and has a lot of psychological benefits and mental health benefits, whether you have depression or whether you have schizophrenia or other conditions. So do we hear you saying that we need to get out and that we need to take vitamin D at this point in our lives and the world's history? Well, getting outside, you only get enough vitamin D from the ultraviolet B rays from the sun at this latitude for three months out of the year. If you're naked. Well, you know, <laughs> even if you have any exposed skin, you're right. going to still get it. But, uh -huh. you know, if you prefer to do it that way, you know, <laughs> that's your call. That would be very stressful for me <laughs> and for my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, somehow gardening in the nude for the sake of vitamin D seems a bit extreme. That's but, extreme. You know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I think, I think many people would benefit from uh, supplementing with vitamin D. Uh, there's a lot of myths about uh, how much will cause toxicity. Most vitamin D experts say they have rarely seen toxicity with vitamin D uh, in p people who haven't intentionally overdosed on it. Um, but if you get that test, your doctor will be happy to order it and uh, find out your number. The number will be somewhere between zero and 100 most likely. 20 and below or 19 and below is deficient. Uh, 29 down to 20 is insufficient. 30 to 100 is sufficient. Um, most doctors will not get terribly excited if you're above 25 or 30, but probably 50, 60, 70 is a better range uh, to be in. But still, we're in April. It's important to get outside, get fresh air, get exercise, and show your arms and neck and face. Okay, um, another thing that we need to focus on when we're stressed and going through a crisis like this is getting adequate sleep. Um, there are a number of sleep hygiene principles that you can look up. Just Google sleep hygiene uh, on, your, on your browser, and you can read all of them. But some of the important ones, uh, go to bed and get up the same time every day. Sleep in a darkened room. Have a cool room temperature, probably 60 to 65 degrees. Eliminate or reduce caffeine intake, particularly uh, in terms of not just the quantities, but also how late in the day you consume it. Have a relaxing pre-bedtime ritual, reading, maybe a hot bath, uh, dimming the lights uh, earlier in the evening, uh, listening to music. Uh, One thing I've heard, Mike, is cut down your screen time before you're going to bed. Absolutely, because screen time and the blue light from the screen causes you to shut off the release of melatonin, which tells you it's time to fall asleep and go to bed. Yeah. Now, once you get over the age of 65, and certainly after you get to the age of 80, uh, your pineal gland's not making any melatonin anymore anyway. Um, so you might even want to supplement with some if you're having a hard time sleeping. Um, 
Also get exercise during the day. Movement is very important to sleep well at night and practice relaxation and breathing exercises. So, you know, anything you can do to focus and improve the quality of your sleep is good. Good nutrition. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are eating rather horrific diets and eating more junk food. I've heard a lot of people say that uh, they're putting on a lot of weight just in the last uh, week or two uh, based on food choices. Um, it's easy when stressed to eat junk food, to eat comfort food, um, you know, to overeat, to undereat. So stay with uh, fresh fruits, vegetables, healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, omega-3s, avoid sugar and high glycemic carbs. Okay, good. Those are four uh, suggestions that you've given us. Exercise, out of door time, adequate sleep, and good nutrition. Uh, when we come back in our next podcast, Mike, you've got some more suggestions for us. Very good. We'll look forward to that. Thanks.